0: For more and more people living in the United States, English is not their first language. And more and more people who find themselves in this country are confronted with the challenge of being fully functioning citizens and enjoying all of the benefits of living here uh, without necessarily being able to to speak or read English. And uh, it's an interesting story, and uh, depending on where you live... It might be, for you at least, a a largely untold story. Uh, A book which is uh, written to help us understand this experience, this challenge, this dilemma, uh, is called How I Learned English. It comes from National Geographic. The subtitle, 55 Accomplished Latinos Recall Lessons in Language and Life. Uh, This comes... Uh, just in time for National Hispanic Heritage Month. And just as uh, discussions and debates continue uh, to expand uh, about immigrants among us, uh, undocumented aliens, and what it means to be a full citizen and the important role which language can play in that. And uh, this is a release which uh, can really uh, speak clearly and and, uh, potently to this important topic. The editor of the book is Tom Miller, who uh, has been bringing to the public a, a whole host of fascinating books, uh, most on on travel, uh, including the Panama Hat Trail, uh, On the Border, uh, Trading with the Enemy, Jack Ruby's Kitchen Sink, and much, much more. He makes his home in Tucson, Arizona, and we speak with him for the next few minutes about How I Learned English. Good morning. Tom Miller, good to be talking with you. Uh, this is a topic which is of of great interest to me and I'm sure to many of our listeners, so I am really happy that we can do this. Um, did anything in particular inspire you to put this book together as you did?
1: You know, it was gradual, and at one point it all crystallized. It was gradual because when I moved to the southwest from the east coast some 35 years or so ago, I was working as a journalist, and a lot of the stories that I would be covering involved people whose second language was English, and this intrigued me. I had not really run into this back east. Now we're talking the late 60s here. And more and more, I was intrigued with how their use of English and their it being a second language, how it changed their fundamental life. It wasn't just I before E except after C. It was a lot more detailed than that. As their English became better, it shifted in their per- there was a shift in their personality. As their English became better, there was a shift in their social and professional lives. So I got to see it first as subjects of what I was writing then, as colleagues, as I would go into Latin America from here in Arizona. And then a lot of these people became my friends, and so I, I was able to witness the process going on. And finally, I married into a Spanish-speaking family, and so the the whole the whole process was complete at that point. And the whole learning English was something I witnessed intimately, both with my wife and my two stepsons. And at one point, it all crystallized into the notion of. How do people
0: learn English? Hmm. As you observed, especially the, the the latter, your your wife and and uh, you said two stepsons. I think um, yes. was there anything in particular about their process of of learning English that that you found especially striking? Where you thought this is interesting enough uh, to write a book about?
1: Well, I, I guess anecdotally, yes, because uh, you know you you learn sometimes you learn more from your mistakes than you do from just. Uh, a regular lesson. My wife, when she went into her first ESL class, her first day, she came home and I said, what did you learn? And she said, oh, really? That's interesting. What was the teacher like? Oh, really? That's interesting. She had learned four words that day, the superficial nicety. Oh, really? <laughs> That's interesting. It's become a running joke since then. You know, And, and it, not long thereafter, I was in one room in the house, and she was in another trying to put a CD on, and she came in, she said, I think there's something wrong with the CD player. I said, what do you mean? She said, I'd come take a look. She put on a CD, and it didn't have the, the music she expected. She showed me the cover. She was expecting Billie Holiday. It was a CD of country music songs for the Christmas season called Hillbilly Holiday.
0: Oh, dear. <laughs>
1: she saw Billie Holiday on the cover and rightly assumed that this would be The blues coming out. Instead, she got Commander Cody and his last planet airman.
0: Dear, of course, uh, uh, not knowing uh, the uh, the most pervasive language uh, can really have consequences that are a little more serious than that. Although I'm sure that was that was no fun. But I'm sure as you have pondered this topic and and talked to some of these guests, uh, you've come to a a deeper appreciation uh, than most probably about uh, the difference. Uh, it can make uh, to know the most important language in a, in, in a different given nation. So, for instance, English here in the United States. I mean, what do people lose when they are living here without knowing English?
1: Well, what they gain immediately is they gain a far wider a far wider possibility in their professional lives and a far wider possibility in their social and personal lives. When
0: they when they know English.
1: When they, yeah, as they accumulate English in, in their brain. And I say that because the more, you know, your, your brain just has a certain capacity. There's just a certain limit. And so the more people integrate English into their lives, the less they're using Spanish. And at some point they realize, my God, I've kind of forgotten the word for this or the verb for that my spanish isn't as good as it used to be It's because my english has gotten so good and so they go back and try to brush up on their spanish and they go back and forth and this is uh one of the impetuses for bilingualism right there
0: i have uh, i have had relatively limited experience in this in in my own life but i can think of a couple of cases where i have found myself kind of struck by by this situation for instance the college where i teach uh, for a long time, uh, the woman who was the, the the custodian we saw the most in my little corner of the building uh, was Hispanic and spoke very, very little English. I mean, almost none at all. And uh, so uh, on a very practical level, it was kind of tricky because if she would swing by my office, it would be all but impossible for me to explain to her that... Um, I I would like you to throw this away, but this is something I need to keep, even though it looks like garbage or whatever. I had a really messy office at the time, and so uh, I mean, it, I, I needed a <laughs> I needed to be able to communicate with the with the, with the custodian, but of course that was really difficult. Only after the fact did I learn that this woman uh, had had been a professional of one kind or another. I don't remember what she was back in uh, Mexico, I believe, a, a teacher, I think, or something like that. And, and because she found herself here in the United States at that point in time with, with uh, barely any English facility whatsoever, this was, this was where she found herself. Uh, and uh, I felt badly that at the time I was looking at, uh, at first I was looking at this question only through the eyes of someone who was sort of inconvenienced by it and uh, then only later realizing that for her this represented uh, a far deeper loss than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a situation like that um, requires some personal patience on your part and some, uh, some you know, extra courses on her part. I think if she was somebody who wanted to go beyond being a cleaning lady, uh, some ESL classes might have come in handy. Now, a lot of times they are charged. Uh, for these, sometimes ESL classes come at no charge whatsoever. They're free. They're community-wide. There's, uh, I must say, Greg, there's a line halfway to Guadalajara from people who want to enroll in ESL courses. And the, this woman who was cleaning your office is just one example of one of these people.
0: Hmm. So your book tells us about 55 different Latinos who who managed one way or another to learn English and uh, if I remember correctly, uh, we're talking about 55 notable Latinos.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, some of them are well-known if you watch Spanish-language television. We have Don Francisco. We have, uh, have Cristina. We have Walter Mercado. Some of them are well-known if you follow Major League Baseball, uh, going back a generation or so, Juan Marichal, Orlando Cepeda. Some of them are well-known if you follow... Uh, Mainstream literature, Ariel Dorfman, Francisco Goldman, Ruben Martinez. These are known, names that, uh, that ring a bell with different people in, in different fields.
0: I think one of the last names you just mentioned is someone who uh, learned English, or at least began to pick it up, while hospitalized. Uh, tell us that story.
1: You're speaking of Ariel Dorfman. Right. Yes, in fact, uh, it's, it's curious because he has almost the exact same story as Oscar Iguelos, another person in American mainstream literature. In both their cases, they were raised in Spanish-speaking countries, and at a very young age, they suffered some sort of malady that hospitalized them. When they went in, they were speaking only English, and we're talking, oh, early 50s, mid-50s or so. And when they came out of the hospital, they were speaking English. It's because the people who were working in the hospital were English speakers, and uh, in those days, uh, very few other languages, it's because it was either learn this new language or uh, or you simply didn't improve. And their families were all amazed at this uh, extraordinary change in, in the uh, the linguistic abilities of young Ariel and young Oscar. Hmm.
0: It sounds like a number of the stories in your book, uh... Surround such experiences as this, in which uh, uh, English is not learned uh, in a classroom but learned in some really surprising ways. Oh Tell boy, us another, uh, a couple of other examples of that.
1: Well, uh, as I mentioned, Don Francisco, who has that wonderfully tacky Saturday afternoon show called Sabado Gigante on Univision Television. It's a variety show. It's uh, sometimes he has a, a documentary, short documentary film, in, in other. Of visiting other countries. It comes out of Miami. He has guests on there. He has Coochie Coochie Girls. They have a uh, you know, little uh, TV game show type of abbreviated version. Uh, it's a wonderful three-hour variety show. When he was in his late teens, uh, he grew up in Santiago, Chile. Uh, he came to New York, and in order to learn English, he would go to the entrances of the subways and approach people saying that he was lost and could they help him? Well, again, we're talking, um, we're talking late 50s, early 60s, early 60s, I think. And people would notice his accent and say, oh, where are you from? And, of course, this would draw out a conversation. The conversation would go on at length, as would the instructions of how to get where he was going, and he would pick up new vocabulary this way. He would then write down the new words, and at the end of the day, when he got back to this little apartment he was renting, he would look them all up in the dictionary, and he would build up his own personal dictionary. This was his way of learning English. Each of these people has their own special trick, their own trampa, their own way of assimilating, accumulating, and otherwise making English the dominant language in their lives.
0: Hmm. I think uh, for a lot of us, we can't imagine learning English from Frank Sinatra records uh, and yet you know it really says something exciting about uh, human beings and our capacity to learn that we find ourselves able to learn uh, even maybe under uh, the most unlikely of circumstances or in ways that uh, uh, are really pretty amazing.
1: You, know, you mentioned Frank Sinatra. That's a good example. Uh, young Jose Serrano in in Puerto Rico, his father comes home from World War II, having served in the U.S. Army, and he's got a stack of seventy-eight, and they're Frank Sinatra. So young Jose puts them on, and he picks up English words. Sinatra had terrific pronunciation. He picks up pronunciation. He picks up vocabulary, diction. Uh, there's just everything about Sinatra. Pacing, cadence. And this became the foundation of Jose Serrano's English. The family then moves to New York from Puerto Rico. Serrano is a big baseball fan. He listens to the Yankees. He hears broadcaster Mel Allen, and he learns more about cadence, how to fill dead time. He listens to the Dodger games with Vin Scully. Eventually, Serrano grows up. He becomes very active in community affairs and politics. He's now a congressman from the Bronx. Amazing. It started with Frank Sinatra. On the other hand, there's somebody in the book, she's uh, she's an editor at a, a major publishing house in New York. She's was raised in Ecuador. She listened to Olivia Newton-John. Hmm. Now, Frank Sinatra and Olivia Newton-John don't have a whole lot in common, but I dare say that for learning English, both of them serve their
0: purpose. I'm sure uh, there are a lot of stories about uh, how frustrating it is to learn English and that English uh, breaks its own rules so much. I mean... Uh, those of us who speak it as a first language probably forget just what an unpredictable language it is, and I'm sure very frustrating for a lot of these people to, I mean, to truly master.
1: Especially if they're coming from Spanish, wh- whose rules are fairly straight and whose pronunciation, you know, every letter in Spanish is pronounced. And all of a sudden, you're confronted with a language that has all these silent letters in it, or or curious ways of pronouncing the same sequence of letters, that changes from word to word. You, you just, uh, you have no idea unless you're confronted with this. Fortunately, a lot of these people, you know, we talk about English being their second language. For a number of them, it was their third or fourth or even fifth language. One of the book's contributors was raised in a Mayan village in the Yucatan in Mexico. Maya was his first language. He went to school in the small village, and the teachers said, uh-uh, don't speak Maya. That's, that's for low-down people. You want to speak Spanish. If you want to, if you want to get ahead in life, you need to speak Spanish, not Mayan. Mayans for dirty people. Hmm. So the kid learned Spanish. Then he moves to the United States and he realizes, no, 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 you don't want to speak Spanish here. You want to speak English. So he took ESL classes. He eventually rose in his chosen field, which was electronics. He became a senior engineer at Microsoft. Wow, uh, it was quite extraordinary from a small Mayan village to uh, really the the pinnacle of American computer
0: technology. Hmm. A last question. So what do you hope uh, the impact of your book will be? I mean, what is its most important purpose?
1: The image of the immigrant is somebody dying in the Sonoran Desert of a campesino with a wide brimmed hat, of somebody illegal hiding in the kitchen somewhere, of a construction worker in Houston, I think these people show very clearly that so many immigrants have achieved so much, and English has become part of it. That it's not in bilingualism, two languages or more is nothing to be afraid of. On the other, uh, quite to the contrary, it's something to be encouraged. Hmm.
0: We should mention that your book uh, has also been released in Spanish, so that, for instance, people who, uh, who need to do this or whose lives would be bettered by doing this have the opportunity to read your book and maybe gain some inspiration.
1: Yes, it's uh, exactly the same under the title Como Aprendi Inglés.
0: And uh, for us uh, who speak English only or read English only, How I Learned English, 55 Accomplished Latinos Recall Lessons in Language and Life. And uh, editor Tom Miller, I thank you so much for joining us today on The Morning Show. It's been a pleasure.